Hey everybody, welcome once again to another episode of the Pace and Space podcast, a special edition we're recording live as the dra- draft is happening live. This is your host Calvin as always and with me as always is my co-host Leif. Leif, what's going on? Man, I'm doing great. I'm very excited for this day. We waited a long time, had a lot of action leading up to it. So man, I am amped. I'm ready to go. Yeah, likewise. Uh we didn't get to record last week. There was a lot of storylines to talk to talk about, but you know we're gonna have some time in between picks. So I was thinking maybe we can you know catch up on these storylines. You know maybe even team by team as they come, especially the first f- five to eight picks. I think there those were where a lot of the storylines took place the past week, the past two weeks even. Um, you know, first and foremost, we're waiting for the 76ers to make their pick. Uh, the big deal there was that they traded up. Boston traded down to the three pick. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was definitely a very interesting, uh, very interesting uh, move done by both teams. I, I know you were pretty happy with that as a, as a you know, closet uh, Sixer fan. <laughs> yeah, I was excited about it. I think it was a good move, um, especially when you see a player up there who can complement what we've been sending. It was almost a move that you had to make. And so I'm glad they made the move. Um, it was something that the fans really accepted. And for the Celtics, I mean, it, it worked out for them. They get some more assets, and they can use those assets to get a player, uh, a top player, star player, that they so desperately need. So. All the way around, it's a, it's a, it was a good trade. It was a good trade to kick off this whole draft. And I look forward to seeing Markel Fultz on the Sixers. Yeah, uh, that, that's got to be where they go with one the first overall pick. And he fits a real need there. I mean, they have Embiid. They have Ben Simmons, they have Saric, they have Okafor. You know, if you get if you're getting the theme, it's they're all big guys. So they needed a they needed a point guard. I know there was a lot of talk about Simmons, uh, maybe running point guard for this team. But look, however this team wants to run their offense, they could not do any better than finding a two way guard. A guard who can play off the ball and with the ball, like like faults, to pair with the guys they have, and and I think this is maybe going to be the start of where we see this Philly team maybe start turning the corner. Yeah, this was something that they needed to do. It actually feels like for years you've been waiting for this process to actually come to an end, or even just come to an head, and we saw how things were going. This is exactly what they needed. And as you mentioned, their size, that's great because right now you're entering a league that has a lot of size, that has a lot of length. And right now you need that length. Mm -hmm. And so you have to welcome the size they have, even when you consider faults. I mean, he's 6'4", he's long, he's going to be able to guard the, the point guards and even slide over to the guard position. No doubt it's a good move all the way around. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that, 100%. So, you know, we're waiting a little bit now. Um, another uh, team well, is Boston in this deal. Do you think there's any chance 
that Boston is going to look at this move, trading down to get the conditional 2018 Lakers Please hold pick. on. Oh. The pick is in. The pick is in. Wow. There you have it. The live announcement. Markel Fultz is a Sixer, as we were just talking about. Um, but now that we know it is Markel Fultz, I wanted to go back to that point. Do you think there's any chance that Boston's going to regret this move? No, I don't think so. No. Especially if they can use those that, that pick and actually do something with it. And right now we see that even if they pick Josh Jackson or if they pick Tatum, it's still a good look for them no matter what. Okay, I'm going to slightly disagree with you here. I think the only way they don't regret this trade is if they package it for a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler. If they just stay pat, stand pat and take Jason Tatum or uh, Josh Jackson instead of going for Markel Fultz, I think there's a high possibility that they're going to regret this this decision, especially if Markel Fultz reaches the potential that everyone thinks that he's going to have. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you, you already know that there's a, a, a big upside for Fultz, and, and I know you, you always think about, okay, what did we – know we're letting this go what's the possibility of fault actually being a a generational player but i still think that what they need on their team is you know a guy like jackson a guy like um tatum a guy with size 3d guy that's who they need and the fact that not only did they are they going to get that guy but they also have the opportunity to get some addition, get another first round pick in a couple of years. So, I mean, it's a good look all the way around. If you ask me, it, yeah, Falls was nice, but they already have point guards. They already have guards. Um, what they needed was a, a sh- shooter, some size, and it's a good move. Okay, I mean, you know, time time will tell. I I still think there is some, you know, egg on face potential for. For Boston, I mean, especially this is the thing. Markel Fultz is going to be on a rookie contract for the next few years. Whatever guards you feel are already on your team that's going to clutter that backcourt, those are probably the guards you should move to make way for minutes for Markel Fultz. We were just talking about his ability to play off the ball or with the ball. I think that would be something that you could still work between Isaiah and him I think they could play together on the court and then all these other guys that they're trying to get like uh, Gordon Hayward Blake Griffin Paul George Paul George Jimmy Butler it's even easier to build the supporting cast around those guys if you have somebody like Fultz that is that good or could potentially be that good but is also on a rookie deal versus having to re-up Marcus Smart or A.V. Bradley, where those guys are going to cost significantly more. Yeah, they are going to cost significantly more. And, yeah, you can get a guy like Fultz or, in this case, another point guard and, or yeah, guard player and say, hey, you know, we have this guy on a rookie deal. And they are the Celtics are going to have to make some tough decisions in the next, you know, couple next year, in fact, because you got those guys who are going to be free agents. But 
I won't I won't count the Celtics out. I feel like the Celtics still have something up their sleeve. I, I in my mind, I still feel like they have something that, that they're gonna do mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah. Um, we still have to see whether or not they even use that third pick. There's a chance that they don't. There's so, still a chance, yeah. You know, there were, there were rumors all day about them getting Przingis. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I want to get to the Knicks when it's around their time to pick, but there's a lot to talk about with the Knicks, especially with this Porzingis situation. Um, and the rumors are still flying around. I don't know if you want me to tell you this one, but Bleacher Report well, via ESPN just came across and notified me on my phone that the Timberwolves are close to acquiring Jimmy Butler. Wow, that would be awesome. It would. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I mean, that's Tibbs' guy. You know, I'm trying to. I'm trying to see what the package would be. That would send. That they would be sending to Chicago for Jimmy Butler. I mean, I'm almost wondering if Wiggins is going to be in that deal. You think Wiggins? You know what? Now that you think about it. There's a good chance Wiggins could be part of that deal. And you know it's going to be the seventh overall pick. That's mm-hmm. definitely going. So do they get Wiggins? If you make that deal, I mean, is it a bad deal if you don't get Wiggins out of it? I mean, if you it, for just the seventh pick? You No, I mean, you're going to get something else for it. You can get some other players in there. But is there any package along with that seventh pick? pick that's going to make getting Jimmy Butler worth it? Well, I would think it has to include Wiggins, but then that might almost feel like too much to give up if you're Minnesota, right? Yeah, is is Wiggins a Tibbs guy? Well, if he's in this trade, that'll answer the question. There you go. If he's, if he's in this trade, he's not a Tibbs guy. We know Carl Anthony Towns you know, that's the, to me, that's the star player on the team. Right. That's, that's the guy. But you know what? Let's not forget, they also can use Ricky Rubio. That's another guy who's been rumored to be traded, being on trade rumors for so long. So he's another guy who could also be using that trade. So, I mean, we can't almost say Rubio. They might be. The okay. Seventh. Is, is, here's the deal. Jimmy Butler for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven pick, according to Woj. And it's a Woj bomb, so you know it's true. You know it's true. Say that one more time. Look out of here one more time. Seventh. Seven, Chris no, Dunn. Chris Dunn and Zach Levine. Okay, hold on. That pick is in. With the second pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers select... Lonzo Ball. My man. My man Lonzo. There you go. So Lakers took, to the surprise of no one, Lonzo Ball with the number two pick. This kind of had to be the pick they made, especially after making the trade they made on Tuesday where they traded D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov to the Brooklyn Nets for Brooke Lopez and the number 27 pick in this year's draft. Them trading D'Angelo Russell meant that they needed a point guard. And, you know, Magic is looking at his options, and I don't think they wanted to give up Russell in that sort of deal. They probably would have liked to get something more. 
But it's clear to me that Magic, Rob Palenka, maybe even Luke Walton looked at Russell and just perhaps did not see him as their franchise point guard. Yeah. I I, I think they look at him more as a, a scoring guard and seeing where Magic comes from. Magic, is, you know how kind of point guard Magic was. And I guess he sees a little bit of him and Lonzo. And so, of course, I don't think they wanted to make to trade D'Angelo, but when you're comparing D'Angelo versus Lonzo, I think they felt that Lonzo was a better passer, a better floor general, mm-hmm. and that's what they need. They need a floor general. They don't need a bunch of scorers. So if Lonzo can step in and provide that kind of, you know, ability to get past the pass the ball, run the ball, bring Showtime back, then why not? It's a lot of comparisons with him with Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. A lot of comparisons. I've heard Ricky Rubio. Um, I heard that he's a really good shooter. I mean, after we've seen it in college, he's a really good shooter. I mean, he, he sure is. Not that shooting style. I mean, but. people don't like the mechanics, but you over 40% from three is what it is, you know? Yeah. And this was, you know, catch and shoot, off the dribble, step back. You know, it wasn't. He did it in a variety of ways. Um, and you're right about his passing. It, even though I'm watching him in UCLA, I could clearly admit that he was a better passer and a more willing passer than D'Angelo Russell. Russell is a good passer himself. He has he sees good lanes that he sees lanes that a lot of people don't see, but his passing was not consistent, you know. And he's still kind of converting into that point guard spot because he is more of a, a scorer. He's he hasn't really like had complete point guard responsibilities in high school or college. Him coming to the Lakers was like the first opportunity to really be like a go-to point guard and run the offense himself. So there was still a lot of growing pains in there. And I think, and this is has nothing to do with on the court, but I think ever since that situation with Nick Young, his rookie season, the, the writing was kind of on the wall for D'Angelo Russell just in this sense. I don't think you were ever going to be able to hit a point in that team, in that locker room, where D'Angelo Russell was going to be a leader on that team. Now, see, the thing with with D'Angelo, I never looked at him as a leader. But if he's your point guard, he's your leader. Maybe not the sole leader, but he he has to be some type of captain or leader on that team because he's running the team's offense. So then I guess what you're saying, when you look at the Lakers as a whole, mm-hmm. there, there was no leader on that team. There is no leader on that team. And so by, you know, what, whatever it was, it was, it came D'Angelo, not D'Angelo. Yeah, not DeMarcus. Oh, what am I, what is that name? D'Angelo. The, what was the name? Russell. D'Angelo <laughs> Russell. D'Angelo Russell. See, I'm sitting there thinking about, wait, it's not, okay, I'm back. See, there you go. D'Angelo Russell. So by default, it became him. But at the end of the day, he's not the guy who you will want to be your leader. And so that's why that trade to send him off. And now you're going to get Alonzo. 
Lonzo now is going to become the leader of that team. I think so. I I think he this has the team. playing. I think I think he has the style of play that will allow him to be a leader on that team, and he plays a style of ball that is infectious. Like they kept talking about all year at UCLA, how everyone on that team started moving the ball because Lonzo was the was the one setting the example doing that and you know not for nothing he yeah. he took a team that was not doing much the year before a program that was not doing much before in UCLA and and they got to the elite, elite 8 you know say what you will about that that game versus Kentucky but UCLA past 10 years they're not a perennial elite 8 sweet 16 team like Kentucky is and Lonzo made a big difference for that team that is true by the way it's official Jimmy Butler has been traded. That's official. I mean, that that's a big trade. I know that's got to be a gut punch to a lot of Celtics fans who are kind of like hold, dangling that number three pick, like let's get a superstar, let's get a superstar. Now it's kind of Paul George or bust in terms of trade options, right? But I, but I, yeah, that's true. Now here's the thing. So the Bulls did get Levine done in the seventh, yeah. but they send – they send Jimmy Butler and their 16th overall. And you know what? That's okay. I think that's fine. That's fine, yeah. I think because you know what? If you're if you're Chicago, you basically got three lottery picks in that deal. Because Zach Levine was a lottery pick, Chris Dunn was a lottery pick, and now you get the, the number seven pick. Yeah, you're looking great right now. That's exactly what you need on this team. Youth mm-hmm. plus Wade. Yeah, so... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how um, Hoiberg, you know, uses those guys. It's going to be interesting to see how they fit with Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade opted in, but you know that's a one year that's a one year problem. After next year, he's a free agent. But it it, it is going to be interesting. Chris Dunn was a little disappointing last year, but maybe that was the system and not so much his talent. And, you know, Zach Levine's coming off injury. And, see, they they must be going forward with the number seven pick, right? I got to think. Go. They, the gotta, pick is in. The number three pick. Let's go. With the third pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. There you go. There you go. Not surprised with that one at all. Jason Tatum, he's a he's a fit there. He makes sense. He's a nice shooter, nice scorer. Um, he's a guy that is gonna be able to hit those open threes that you know Smart and Crowder weren't hitting in the playoffs. Uh, but and another guy that they can go play small ball with because you know they got Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jay Crowder. They got a lot of interchangeable guys there. But and that's what they needed. They needed a shooter, and that's shooter. what they got. They need a shooter, but you st- you still have to beg the question: What are they gonna do? Because now that's Jalen Brown, Jay Crowder, Jason Tatum, and then they're gonna be going after Gordon Hayward. <laughs> it's a team of small forwards. Yeah, they you know they they're gonna be playing. I mean, that's I mean teams do that now. They do play like four small forwards <laughs> at a time in, in their small ball lineups, and maybe that's something they will do. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how this pick works for them because this they 
they purposely chose not to draft one one when you know it was kind of like that was kind of like the whole point of fleecing Brooklyn to to do that right right so they they passed up that opportunity now they're taking Tatum I don't really see how Tatum is in a less cluttered position than Markel Fultz was that's a very good point in fact you know as you mentioned before considering that Thomas and Smart Bradley these are all guys whose contracts are about to expire so they would need someone to fill that role whereas you know Crowder and Jalen Brown these guys are under team control for a while so now you have another small forward yep but they need a size so I'm curious to see what they do um we'll see I mean I'm also curious to see I'm curious if the Suns phones ringing off the hook right now from the Knicks yeah yeah it has to be think so it has to be do you think the Knicks do you think the Knicks want that number three pick even more now that it's uh, Tatum no now they call them the Suns they want that fourth pick because they know Jackson oh, Suns, is still available I'm sorry I thought you said Celtics um, no Suns that pick is still available so right. but but see but Phil but Phil wants and Phil wants Devin Booker and the number four pick He's not getting that. And but this is Phil. He's not gonna do the trade then. He's not. Never never mind the situation the team is in right now with Porzingis. Never mind that. He 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 is behaving like he is in a position of ultimate strength. Right. And he's not gonna budge. Nah, he he's not gonna budge, and I'm curious to see who's actually around him, who's looking at him and saying like, "Dude, right now, look what you have. Look what's being offered. That for Przingis, you have to take one of these deals, especially now since you already have Przingis and you at a standstill, not talking to each other and Twitter wars and all the other right. stuff." Here's the thing, too. Go ahead. Minnesota just set the market with that trade for Jimmy Butler. Exactly. You cannot expect to beat the Jimmy Butler trade tonight, nor should you. No. Porzingis is a great talent. He's a unicorn. He's all that. He's not better than Jimmy Butler. He's not. And that's where I feel like you. if you are the Knicks, call the Suns and say, look, I'll give you Porzingis. I'll take Knight, who they'll gladly get rid of. I'll take Chris, and I want the fourth pick. Yeah. I think the Suns say yes to that. Hmm. You know, they, they're they going to have to. <laughs> I mean, if they if if they really want to make a move, I mean, that's going to that's gonna have to be the move. So it looks like the Suns are going to take Josh Jackson. This is the other thing, too. I think the Suns are perfectly happy taking Josh Jackson as well. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't. Perfectly happy going back to the lottery. 
<laughs> well, what I mean is, it's not like they're. It's not like they need to move this pick. No, there's there's no need. They, and and that's the thing too. Like they they can sit on it and say, well, you know, it's not a bad thing to have Josh Jackson and Devin Booker on the same team. No, what I do think is that the Suns have to find a way to get rid of get rid of Bledsoe and Knight. They need those contracts to go. Right. Well, I think more so Knight. Because Knight for sure. Because if you know, if you're not drafting a point guard tonight, which it looks like they may not, if if the best option is Josh Jackson at number four, then you keep Eric Bledsoe, I think. You keep because you have you also have Tyler Eulis, right? Coming off the bench, who, who played pretty is well. It. He played pretty well last year. So, oh, picks in, picks in. Yeah, nothing's really surprising so far. Phoenix taking yeah. Josh Jackson. That was expected. That's ex- it was the right. I think that's the right pick. Uh, I know yeah. some people were saying maybe they would take De'Aaron Fox or someone like that, but I think that was the right pick because I think you're gonna want someone who can do the, all the things Josh Jackson can do next to a score first player like Devin Booker. Right. And the thing is too, you know, Devin Booker, they gave him a lot of playmaking ability responsibilities last year he showed that he can do some stuff with the ball in his hands he's not just a spot-up shooter so you don't you're not necessarily looking for like someone to take the ball out of his hands and that's not where you're getting with Josh Jackson Josh Jackson can do he can run a little point forward you know but he, he's also a good defender hyper athletic the shot is a concern but that's something that can grow that he can get better at. And you're not looking for him to be a 20, 25-point-per-game per guy when you put him next to a guy like Devin Booker and Eric Bledsoe. Right. That's true. So I, I think it's a good pick. And what the funny thing is, wow, everything fell into place for Sacramento to get De'Aaron Fox, huh? You know, you saw that, right? I was just thinking about that. Like, everything fell in place for them that's exactly who they wanted yeah. they're gonna get their guy they they held to their guns without saying okay we're gonna make any kind of trade to move up right right they had the opportunity to and they didn't and now here they are yeah i mean classic kings would have been trading the five and ten to move up to like one or two or three but then taking De'Aaron fox because that's the guy that they were just set on taking no matter what but so, uh, yeah. you gotta give them credit; they're actually functioning like a professional franchise with this draft. They played their cards. They, you know, they they showed some patience, and it, it paid off. I I think they were good, regardless. I think even if the Aaron Fox did get taken before it was their turn, I don't think that would have been a disaster because. They could have, if they really wanted to, they could have gotten Dennis Smith at five, and I don't think anyone would have would have raised an eyebrow at that pick either. No, but you know what? I like De- DeAndre Fox. You like just, DeAndre Fox? 
yeah, just just hearing all the stuff he's been saying and all the interviews and I mean, he, you gotta like him. He's a Darren Darren Fox is. I think he's gonna be a good player. He has a good personality. Um, hopefully that reflects well in Sacramento. Right. I mean, he's a gamer. He's definitely a gamer. What's also cool is that his dad's name is Aaron, and his name is De'Aaron. So his name basically means, literally means, of Aaron. Clever. <laughs> That's very clever. Because the whole time, I was like, what kind of name is De'Aaron Fox? I've never heard that before. It's the most unusual name I've heard. And then I saw his dad do... I saw a quote from his dad in an interview, and his dad's name was Aaron Fox. And I was like, wait, hold on. This kid's name literally means of Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) That's clever. Yeah, it's pretty clever. Pretty clever. Shout out to Aaron Fox, Aaron Fox's dad. I'm sure he's a big listener of the Pace and Space podcast. Well, let's hope so. If he's not listening yet, we got to... Gotta reach out to him. <laughs> yes, yes, we gotta reach Say out. Say we show him some love. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so we can pretty much say Darren Fox is going to Sacramento. Right. What does what does Orlando what does Orlando do? I don't know. It, I I think they're gonna take someone like Jonathan Isaac. Or Larry Markinen or some some someone like that, and it's not gonna make sense at all. But I'm trying to figure yeah. out the, the the pick that does make sense for them. I mean, how are they looking at point? They got Alfred Payton, and I'm pretty sure they're ready to get away from him. Right. Um. So. Do they take Dennis Smith Jr. at number six, or do they take uh, French Frank? I don't know. Do you try to turn Monk into your point guard? I would. I mean, I I think Monk... I I know you've been talking about it a lot. People are sleeping on Monk. I I think you draft Monk... And you give, and you just put the ball in his hands. You know, in my mind, I think there's a chance that Malik Monk can drop to ten to and, Sacramento, and then Sacramento gets him at ten. So they get the two Kentucky uh, guards. I can see 10. it. If they were able to do It'll be that, crazy. it wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense, but I can see it. But then, but then, but then, the problem is if they take Malik Monk at ten, what do they do with Buddy Hield? That's the thing. They just got him, and they just got, and they traded Boogie Cousins in order to get him. Yep, sous chef healed. Yeah, sous chef healed. So, <laughs> and you know, enough and nothing. He started cooking a little bit when he when he got over to Sacramento. He's he cooking. He's not a star or anything, but it's, right. it's it'll be very awkward if they take Monk, and you got Buddy Hield there, and Buddy Hield is like. A six four guard too. It's not like Buddy Hill is like six seven, 
that you can try and like squeeze them in at the small forward. NBA draft. The Sacramento Kings select De'Aaron Fox from the University of Kentucky. It's going like clockwork, man. Nothing is surprising yet. Yeah. So they got there, and they needed to. They needed to draft De'Aaron Fox. I think they needed somebody like you were saying with his intangibles, with his uh, you know, with his uh, gamesmanship, with his like what the the mentality he has to put everything on the on the floor and that desire he has to be the best. I think they need a guy like that, and they haven't had a decent point guard since Isaiah Thomas, who they never started and then traded him because he didn't get along with Boogie Cousins. So. They needed him. They needed this. They needed a point guard, and and there you go. So even though it kind of stunk getting their pick swapped with Philly this year and Philly jumping them and going to three, which did they, which they then did use to go up to one, they still got the point guard I think they ultimately wanted. Yeah, they made out. I think so far everyone, the first five picks so far, you know, have went exactly as we expected it, and I think each team, you know, has got a solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's gonna be a great pick. He's gonna, I think he's gonna do big things for them. Um, and now we got De'Aaron Fox and Lonzo Ball in the same division. Lakers yeah. versus oh. Kings. <laughs> the Battle of California. Yeah, it, it's gonna make a. <laughs> it's gonna make Lakers Kings uh, a little interesting again. Yeah, it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been uh, fiery for for a long time. I think that might start the rivalry back up again. I'm thinking what twenty thirty years we'll have a a thirty for thirty Fox versus Ball. Oh yeah, it's gonna <laughs> be uh it's gonna be Lonzo versus. Lonzo versus uh, De'Aaron, uh, Best of Enemies, Part 2. <laughs> That'll be funny. So, but, but now we got Orlando. Now we got Orlando. and So, I don't know who they take. I don't know. I, I mean... Me neither. I... I have no trust in, in that organization. I mean, they haven't really done anything to earn trust the last few years. I mean, this is also like the team that could end up taking uh, French Frank and then it end up being a big bust because he just doesn't work out there. Yeah. That's why I'm curious. I, If you're Orlando, I mean, do you just say, hey, look, we'll just trade the pick because we're going to screw this up some kind of way. And instead of us screwing it up, we'll just let someone else take it. Mm, trade for what, though? I don't know. Orlando's a mess. <laughs> That's the, <it's> the problem. <laughs> it's such a mess. Oh. Like, some teams you can look at and you can say, all right, if they do this and they do that, yeah, they'll be all right. Man, I have no path forward for Orlando. Like, I would love to be a GM. I've spoken about that before. I got nothing for Orlando. I I don't even know. That's the thing. They're just they've just like contorted themselves so badly. 
you know, it's it's like when you when your little kid tries to like tie their shoelace themselves for the first time, and they try to do the double knot technique you taught them, and then you're trying to take their shoe off when when they get home, and they've just created this like quintuple knot that takes you like a good fifteen minutes to untie. Exactly. That's Orlando's situation right now. I have nothing for them. I, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here looking at their roster, and I'm like, like I don't even know where to start. I mean, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, because who's the best player on that team? Who's the best? Yeah, like who's the best player on Orlando right now? Is it? Is it Vucevic? Is it? Is it I mean, because the thing is, they have Aaron Gordon on this team. And Aaron but Gordon he, looked like he was going to be a real player in this league. But he hasn't done anything yet. Like, he hasn't he hasn't progressed the way you would hope he would. Is, is that his fault, though? The, I mean, they still got him playing small forward. Right. But they messed up by getting the Baca. Yeah, but they've been year. they've been messing him up like since they drafted him. They've been having him play small forward since they drafted him. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. That's, that's the thing. It's like the the best the most talented guy on that team is Aaron Gordon, but he's not the best player on that team. And who knows if he's ever going to reach his talent the way that they're using him. And then Vucevic. It's not like he's a young guy anymore. I mean, he is, but he's he's like in his late twenties now. He's also like one of those guys that you could see them they they you could see them trading to a, a contender this season or next next season before his contract runs out. It's not like he's part of their long term plans. I it, I almost feel like they've given up on Alfred Payton because he became a sixth man last year, the 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 backup point guard. At, for like large stretch of that of the season, they gave a bunch of money to Evan Fournier, but I don't know why. I don't know why either. He he's but, like a French version of Kevin Martin, but maybe not even as good as Kevin Martin was in his in his heyday. No, not at all. Because he literally Kevin doesn't Martin do anything else but score. Like he'll he'll give you like twenty points, one assist, one rebound. Exactly. The pick is in. With the sixth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Jonathan Isaac of Florida State University. I'm not surprised by that pick. I, I had a feeling they were going to take someone like that. I I just don't. They're going to have to move. They're going to move around some things. Is this the move that will finally put Gordon at the power forward position? I mean, you would hope so. Uh, they they would ha- I mean, I, I think they could play together, but where's the shooting on this team? Fournier, I mean, that's it. They're they're going to be dying for space. I mean, I could see in one area where he got a bunch of length, and think that's gonna be pretty cool. Got athleticism, but yeah, that doesn't solve your issue at point guard. 
he doesn't look too happy. He doesn't look too happy anyway. <laughs> I was looking at him and he's like, Yeah, it's gonna be nice down there. But I don't know what's gonna go on. So so word on the street is uh the Bulls are looking to take Markinen with the seventh pick. Really? Uh huh. And then it looks like the Knicks will be going after French Frank. I'm gonna stop calling him French Frank. Frank Natilinka. No, Frank Tilinkina. Tilinkina. I think that's it. I was gonna say, give yourself some time. You know, you got I'm trying. I'm pretty trying. much down pat. You know, you had to practice that. Yeah. I, I, you know what? By the time the season starts, I'm gonna have his name down. I I did a pretty good job with Giannis Antetokounmpo this year. There so you go. I, I guarantee you, listeners. You had to drop it once every pod. Once every pod. But I guarantee you, listeners. By the time the season starts, I'm gonna have French Frank's last name down pat. Yep. Especially since no one else is going to be talking about the Knicks. Well, you know, we we give we try to give the Knicks fans a little something, a little razzle-dazzle here on the Pace and Space podcast. Yeah, but most of that comes because of Phil. Yeah, I mean... And you, ISO. You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. I mean, Isaac, Isaac looks good, man. Uh, he almost... I don't know if he makes sense as a as a small forward though. This dude is so so long and he's pretty tall. Like he could easily play the four, especially so in do, small ball lineups. So do you put him at four? And sad to say, Gordon's still at small forward. And then you can do your small ball lineup when you can shift everyone up a position. Well, it depends on how how well Isaac's can shoot. Jonathan Isaac can shoot. Because we already know Aaron Gordon doesn't have a three-point shot. No. And it's interesting. The player comp they just gave Jonathan Isaac was Andre Karolinko. Who played some three, but also played some four. Was a right. combo forward. Um, I, that's probably They're probably going to have to let him breathe between both positions. Which, again... I think it requires some a lot of work in on Orlando because in order for like a guy like Jonathan Isaac to thrive, you can't have a guy like Aaron Gordon that you're committed to that you have to give X amount of minutes in in the position too. Because then you're not letting Isaac be more of a fluid player that can affect the game in different ways. True. But I think Vogel can figure it out. I don't know. I think the the shine has kind of wore off on Frank Vogel a bit. He was he was at the helm of this tire fire last year. Yeah. And but then look what they gave him. I mean, yes, but you know you figured okay, well, this team could at least do because. Everyone thought, okay, well, Vogel could at least get a little more out of this team than what was happening before. And no, he did pretty much the same thing any other coach has done there. And, you know, Indiana also had that year where they, like, combusted with Frank Vogel as head coach, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's not 
what we think he is, I think. No, I think Vogel's good. Um, I just think that so far he's found himself in, on a team that hasn't given him anything to really play with, you know, something to work with. And they kind of messed him up with that, how they put that roster together last year. And, I mean, they traded Olin Depot, which I was kind of surprised about that. I thought that that would be a guy you would keep. But I'm not totally down on Vogel yet. We'll see what – I figure give me a couple more years to actually, you know, say, you know what, I'm down on him. But I think if you give him the pieces he needs to, to work, to play, to compete, I think they'll be all right. This year, it didn't make any kind of sense how that team was put together. So Mm-mm. I can't put that on him. I got to put that on the front office. Oh yeah, it starts. Well, it starts with Hannigan, who's who's out the door now, right? And they're moving forward. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean, we're gonna hear the announcement, but you know, Woj bombs are, are coming out on Twitter. So it's 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 definitely looking like it's marketing for. Uh, the Bulls at seven, and then it's, it's French Frank at eight for the Knicks. I yeah, he knows he knows it all. I know a lot of Knicks fans that are gonna be very angry about that pick. Yeah, I I think the I think the the hope was for Dennis Smith Jr. at eight. Right, I, I mean, they were. I, I didn't think he was going to be available there, but all right, the pick is in. With the seventh pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Larry Markkinen from Nebraska, Wisconsin, to the University of Arizona. There you go, Larry Markkinen. What do you feel about this pick? I need to hear your opinion. I'm not. He's a good shooter. Stretch, stretch big. Um. I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost. Why that was the go-to signing? I mean, pick for for Chicago. Uh, I mean, Rondo is either opting in or out the door. Wade has one more year left. Oh wait, yeah, this Bulls. This is the Bulls, right? The Bulls. Yeah, but they got Chris Dunn too. And then they, okay, they got Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. But then they also have Bobby Portis. They have Nikola Mirotic. They still have this. Is Carter Williams still Michael, on that team? Yeah, Michael Carter Williams is still there. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, are they hoping that he's sort of like a Porzingis kind of dude? Well, that's what the Knicks thought. The Knicks thought that marketing would be a, a, a good replacement for uh, losing uh, Porzingis. You know, he's got good height. Uh, would you play him at the five, or do you think he's a four? I would play him at the four. No. I'm going to give you his measurables. He's seven feet tall, 230. Uh-huh. I think you could play him at the five. I think what you have there is a classic Channing Fry. Mm, 
I was thinking more like Brook Lopez. Mm, I have a hard time for that one. You don't think he'll have the, he'll have the shot blocking? No, I don't think so. Okay, I mean, that's fair. And then you have another a guy with length on the team. You already have Meritage on the team, so now. Yeah, but I mean, Mer- Meritage was also like 24 as a rookie, so I, I, he's probably not a long-term guy. Oh, yeah, that's all. I mean, and Bobby Portis, I think Bobby Portis, while he, he's played well, I think the bench role is probably his his best role. So then you're looking yeah. for like a starter and I and you're you're hoping basically marketing could be like a starting level player. You know what? It's not bad because you already I mean, what do you do with Robin Lopez? He's only got Another year or two, I think, on his deal. Okay, so I mean, do you try to start? Yeah, I think he has Robin two years Lopez. Left. Mm, and start this on, guy. The I mean, powerful I mean, it depends on the season, the way the season is. I mean, better yet, better yet, does it fit? Does it fit the idea? Well, you already know. Um, what's his face? Um, can't think of the guy's face. Um, Wade is going to be the uh, shooting guard, so he's locked in. Yeah, so so you know what? You probably start Robin Lopez. Yeah. And then you see, you see if mar- marketing can win the starting power forward job this year, and if he not, should. and if not, he's like your third big this season with the. Would it, maybe as the season progresses, he takes the starting job. You know what? Yeah, as the season progresses, he can take over the starting job. You can even start him alongside um, Robin Lopez, or even when you try to do a de facto s- small lineup. Since he's mobile, you can definitely start him at the center, put him in the center position, still get a team that can move around. Yeah, I think cause so. Causing the mismatch problems, you he, know, he, pretty good. He definitely, I, I will say this. I see it in the sense that I think a guy like Markkanen definitely changes the um, offensive dynamic of the team to something more to what Hoiberg is looking to run. Whereas they had a lot of bigs that were just bogging down the pick and, is clock, and clogging the paint. All right, let's go. With the eighth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Frank Milikina. I don't even think Silver knew how to pronounce his name. Yeah, he just. <laughs> Natilikina. Frank Natilikina. 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 Interesting. I don't know what to I don't know what to make of this pick honestly. I mean people are like the Knicks fans just kind of look confused. They don't want to boo cuz they they booed Porzingis and and they look stupid for booing Porzingis. So they're kind of like they want to boo but they they don't want to look bad again. So they're not booing. They don't know what to do. Yeah, they're just they they're just there. They're just there. They're like, "Oh, I, this isn't who I wanted." <laughs> they look they're thinking it's like, "Wait a minute, we had Dennis Smith there." Wait a minute, Malik Monk. Malik Monk there. Yeah, and we went. 
Natilakina. I'm gonna keep saying that. Natilakina. See, now you wanna keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um I don't know. I mean I don't know. I don't know what to think. Does he fit the triangle? <laughs> <laughs> That's really all that matters. Oh does, my he, does he does he accept the ways of the triangle and realize that the triangle offense is life? I mean, I mean, this kid could be really good. We don't know. He's yeah, kind of, he's kind of yeah. an unknown right now. But even more than Frank, Frank Nathalikina, you know what? We're rooting for you. We love the last name. Yeah, you know, we're we're, we're rooting for you. I hope you do well. Yeah. I'm worried. You know, I thought Dennis Smith would be a much better fit in New York. Right. But they say he's 6'5. Dude looks like he's like 6'8. He's just like so lanky. Oh, yeah. He's just slims. And <laughs> hey, look at him. He's just slims. Yeah. It's just like all arms and legs. Like if his arms are down to the side, they're touching his ankles. He just slims. Yeah. I mean, so it's, Dallas. It's some defense. What does Dallas do? There. Well, it sounds, it sounds like they're going to take Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. That that would be a good decision. So, but but I gotta talk about the Knicks now. Now that we're here, I gotta talk about. Now we're talking about them. Let's do it. Let's go. Hold on. I need your input on all of this Porzingis trade talk, the whole situation. Hit me. All right, go. If you're Porzingis, I will be annoyed. Phil's losing his mind. Um, Just the fact that how much he's so. so much he's so open and talking about the issues he has with you. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it as a whole, am I mad at Phil for saying, hey, we can trade Przingis? No, I'm not mad about that. You know, I think trading Przingis is not a bad idea. I think he's a good player. I've talked to you about this. I think a lot of people have hyped him up, and I believe that right now he's at a place where you can get a lot of value back for him. But I think the price that they're asking is too high. I think the way Phil Jackson is going about this is the wrong way. Przingis is doing things the right way. He's just keeping his mouth shut. You know, he's just dropping little things here and there. I mean, except for not going to the exit interview. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a lack of maturity. You should at least go to the exit interview. But he's frustrated. He's frustrated because he sees a disconnect on his team. It's very frustrating. I'll be frustrated. You know, here you are, you're a player on a team. All season you're talking about, you're tweeting, you're talking about um, Carmelo and what you're going to do and you're going to trade him and he's better off somewhere else. And then you want me to go into an exit interview to tell me what? That, yeah, we had a good season. What do you think about the state of the team? This is a guy who's the president of the team who didn't even have it in him to make himself available to the media throughout the season, who barely went to their games, but yet had time to criticize players, even saying, oh, yeah, you know, Przingis would be a better player if he didn't take threes. What? So you're criticizing your players and then you're mad at me because I don't want to 
talk to you. I don't want to. I mean, present. I'm surprised Presidents didn't demand a trade. I mean, he doesn't have that kind of you know, position, that kind of play. But if Przingis went out and demanded a trade, I'm pretty sure his value goes down even more. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, because now, yeah, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Uh, okay, I here's one thing. I think the Knicks have been very fortunate that Przingis' agent is basically his brother. Right. If Porzingis was like a CAA guy or a Rich Paul guy or... or, or any of those other like power broker like sports agent firms, we probably would have heard on. those trade hold, demands. Hold that thought. The okay. pick is in. All right. With the ninth pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select Dennis Smith Jr. from North Carolina State University. I think the Kings are going to be able to take Malik Monk at 10. <laughs> there do it you is. Think they do it. They got to do it. Uh, I mean, he's the best player available. Yeah. He the was best the best player, player available, available and Dallas took Dennis Smith Jr. So, uh, I mean, Dallas, I mean, they've kind of been playing the, the point guard carousel for, for a long time. I mean, I know Yogi Farrell, he was a, a nice surprise last year. I don't, I don't think anyone would say yes. We have our franchise point guard now, so nah, so drafting Dennis Smith Jr. That was something they needed to do. They they've they've done the point guard carousel a little too long. Now they have a guy they can commit to. They can develop. They can see if it's, he's a long term, you know, starter franchise level point guard. Yeah. Man, Sacramento is right there, yo. Sacramento, it's like. You feel like, oh, if they do go for this, it's kind of like a bad move. But at the same time, it's like... Do it. <laughs> do it. Like, just do it. Like, if it doesn't work out, we're, we won't be mad. You know, we won't be mad that you do this. But, wow, they could have Malik Monk. I mean... This is crazy. Oh, great. I mean, yeah, he's a good shooter, too. He's a great shooter. He's a great scorer. So you're going to have... You're going to have a... A great shooter in Monk next to another great shooter in Hield. Yeah. You gotta like that. Yeah, you have oh, to. Man. You have to. I mean, why is why is Sacramento still on the clock? This should be a <laughs> no-brainer. <laughs> Just do it. Like, oh, watch Vladi mess this up. <laughs> <laughs> I could almost see him coming out and saying, hey, we're going to pick Collins. I'm like, what? <laughs> Zach Collins? I mean, uh, I, I, you, you really hope they don't do something like that. You got to put the Kentucky backcourt together. You got to. You got to. Yeah. Oh, man. So before we get is, too far away from the next step, oh, no, but I gotta get back to it. So yeah, they're they're kind of fortunate that his agent is his brother, and that's why you probably haven't heard the trade demands and stuff. But throughout the year, we heard little tidbits about Porzingis not really being happy with how the whole Carmelo Anthony situation was going down, and a lot of other things that were happening within the team. I don't think he was too happy with how the ball distribution was going things like that and and then he 
missed the exit interview. But the thing that's crazy, and he shouldn't have done that. He should have showed up. Regardless of what the problems are, you should have done that because if you have grievances, that's that. say them there. Say them in the exit interview. Tell them what you're looking for out of next season, what, what you don't want to see happen again. So, But at the same time, he was, what, 20, 21 years old? He made, right. a, he made a young man's mistake. But I mean, let me tell you something, though. Why should he go and air his go into the exit interview and air his grievances when the president of the team feels like he can just air his grievances to whoever? I feel you. I feel you. And for right, he he so, responded. He he basically kind of responded in kind. Exactly. Um, but the thing is, like, and I only say it for this for this instance. You know, two wrongs don't make a right. And, they don't. And if you want to put yourself in the best possible position, you should have took a... Like, Porzingis, he didn't like how Melo's getting treated. Well, take a page out of Melo's book. Melo hasn't done anything to the detriment of the team, to the detriment of ownership. He hasn't shown anybody up. All he's com- all he's continued to say, publicly, and even in his inner circles, is, "I'm happy staying in New York. If they want me gone, then they can do something about it. But I'm happy in New York." So, and that's why I was saying it was an immature thing to do because you see the difference between Melo and his experience in the league so far, and Porzingis being a fairly new player. Right. You know, if this was Melo, like, his second or third year in Denver, he probably would have done much worse than skip the exit interview. But let me ask. But let me ask. I'm not done. I'm not The main problem with this whole scenario isn't even that he skipped the exit interview, not even that they've had some, some tension or turbulence. It's the fact that that happened, what, over a month ago, the exit interviews? The team has not even tried to make contact with him this whole time. Exactly. That was my point. You haven't tried to reach out to him this whole time. And then on top of that, after he skips the exit interview, what, like a week or two weeks after that, they let go the assistant coach that Porzingis um, connected with the most? There you go. So it's almost like, he he made a he made a move that I guess you could perceive as burning a bridge by by skipping the exit interview. But then you as management said, okay, you you put a little ember on the bridge, and I'm just gonna douse it with gasoline and set the whole thing on fire. And there's like no there's no even attempt it seems to try and come to an agreement to bring them back within the fold. And, you know, some fans and some people, they can say, well, you know, you don't want anyone there that doesn't want to be there. To which I tell you, Dr. Jerry Buss, who ran the Lakers, one of the greatest owners ever in sports, had not one, but two franchise players. The pick is in. Oh, all right. In the 2017 NBA draft, the Sacramento Kings select Zach Collins. <laughs> you called it. 
You called it, man. Thank just, you. Just, Thank just you. when we were about to give the Kings a little bit of credit. Just when they were, we were about to give them a little bit of credit. But, they remind us they're the Kings. But did you hear about the trade? No. Sacramento is trading the number 10 pick to Portland for number 15 and 20. Oh, okay. So I look dumb now. I spoke too soon. There you go. So, so wait, Zach Collins. Portland, yes. Portland, you traded two first round picks for Zach Collins? Exactly. What is going on? What Zach- happened? Zach Collins is worth two draft picks in the first round of this year? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And so now you had Malik Monk sitting there in your lap. Mm. And he's still out there. And now Charlotte's on the clock. Yeah, Charlotte. And does Charlotte go for Monk with Kimball Walker? Ooh, I don't know about that. Kimber Walker, Monk, with Kid Gilchrist. Mm. And Dwight Howard. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Not really feeling that. But okay. But 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 let me finish this. My this one. My last point here with the Porzingis, Phil Jackson, and the Knicks. You is it's it's well within your right to say, well, you know, if he doesn't want to be here, then we can trade him and get something valuable in return. But you know, my team, the Lakers, their owner Jerry Buss, he had not one but two franchise players demand trades and demand to leave. That they were tired of what was going on and they didn't want to be there anymore. They they didn't even skip interviews. They vocally said that to the media. Magic Johnson said that in the '80s, and Kobe said that. About a year or two after Shaq was traded, and both times he talked them down off the ledge, and he made the moves that needed to be done to to appease them. And you know what happened? They won championships after that. And those guys are, you know, you do that for those type of players. Now I'm not saying Porzingis is of that level, but. You've touted him as potentially being that good, right? You, you've, you've made it seem like you can't build the way you need to around him because Melo's in the way and you need to get rid of Melo first. And you've stated that Porzingis is this franchise cornerstone. So if he is that franchise cornerstone, talk him off the ledge. Yeah. Talk him off the ledge. Say, hey, you know what? We hear you. This is what we're going to do this year. This is what we're looking to do. This is how we're going to make sure you're the go-to guy. Whatever it takes. You, but he's quiet. You, you don't just... He, he, he gives you a cold shoulder. You don't, you don't just turn your whole back on him and walk away. One, because of the point I just mentioned. And two, now, now, you have a, now you're starting to set a pattern of behavior you treated Mello the way you've treated him this whole time and now you're treating Porzingis in a similar way you're ostracizing the best players on your team and a team like New York is supposed to be a constant 
target for free agents. What free agent is going to want to come to this team when they see how you treat Melo and they see how you treat Porzingis? I agree. And that's why... Now, it's a, it's a different league now. It is. It it's is. a league now where the, t- the players are all talking with one another. Mm-hmm. So... Exactly. It's pretty short. We saw that happen earlier this week with Jimmy Butler when the cast players were telling Jimmy Butler, like, you don't want to come here. Which they so, said they denied, which has been denied now after the fact. No, nah, no, that happened. I, I strongly <laughs> believe that happened. Of course, it's always easy. Oh, my Twitter got hacked. Oh, no one said that. Right, right, someone right. someone said that. I, I, I feel you. And, and what but, I will say, too, yeah. is Melo is an elder statesman in this league now. You saw that dream team, uh, was I think it was last year, right? Last summer when they went to the Olympics in Brazil. Uh-huh. He was basically like the the old head on the team. All these other young superstars basically like looked to him as like the leader on the team. He was old man Melo, who everyone liked to like, you know, try and force him to do like selfies with and just had a good time with him. And he was a good player on that team. They they kind of deferred to him, and as a as a as a leader on that team. He's also the same guy who's best friends with the big names in the players' association, like Chris Paul, the president, LeBron James, who's like the the vice president, I think, of the players' association. Uh, and, you know, Dwayne Wade is another guy that's big there, and and he's boys with all these guys. Yep. So they're talking, and other players are seeing what's being done there. Even if Melo isn't bad-mouthing the organization, those other players are not going to like what they're seeing happen to one of the guys that they look up to. So I think that's where I leave it on the Knicks. It could all still go... It could all still work for them, and, you know, they can... They can, you know, turn things around, maybe even fight for a playoff spot. And, but this, this I, I'm not loving the process. The results may be what, what the team and the fans want in the end, but I'm not liking the process. No, it's not working out. So we'll see. So, I, I, yeah, I, but back to this, this trade. Kings are okay. I take it back. And Kings, you are operating like a professional basketball organization in this draft. Portland, I don't think Zach Collins was worth that trade. I don't think so either. Especially when I've seen a lot of the names I've seen later on in this draft. I mean, there's a couple of Euro guys who might be just as good, if not better, than Zach Collins, who are. Projected to go in the late 20s. Right. The pick is in. Let's okay. hear it. This is Charlotte, right? Yep. With the 11th pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Malik Monk from the University of Kentucky. Oh I mean, I'm happy for him in that he shouldn't have kept falling as far as he fell. And even look, when you look at his, even he looks upset that he fell that far. But I don't, I don't love the fit there in Charlotte. Why? Let's talk about this. I don't love the fit because 
now Monk has to play the two guard. He's a little undersized at the two guard. Kemba's undersized at the point guard spot. So you have a, a very small backcourt, and they do similar things. They both need the ball in their hand. Well, not, not that Monk needs the ball in his hand. He's a pretty good spot-up shooter, too. He played a lot of off-ball with, with Fox, so he doesn't need to dominate the ball. But I feel like you're losing out on some of his skill set if you don't use him that way. Here's, here's my thing. And just thinking about Monk right here, he's going to Charlotte. Charlotte has a shooting guard and Batum. He could play small forward. And then what do you do with Gilchrist? Well, tell Gilchrist to get a jump shot, and then he can complain about starting. So do you put <laughs> Monk at the shooting guard and but, then move Batum to small forward? I do. And here's the other thing. I, we do. I agree with you. I, you could even put Gilchrist at the four in the small ball lineup. I agree with you again. So... I mean, it's not. Have... That's not the problem to me. The problem is that backcourt as a whole. That's small. Yeah. It's small. I I don't I don't care for it a whole lot. I don't care for it. I think they were better fits for him. Further up in the draft, I would even like to see him go to the Kings. But again, I agree with your point. I'm not mad at the Kings trade. No, no. The, it, the Kings, the Kings saw someone saying, "Wait, you're gonna give us two picks for Zach Collins? Please, exactly, here you go." Exactly, <laughs> and there's still good names at 15 and 20, and and the Kings are are a team that need to get bodies they need to get as much talent as possible you know right and so i mean they got their guy at the point guard position they got some bigs what those bigs are going to do i don't know but i mean you got your backcourt already with the Aaron fox and buddy hill so you got your backcourt yeah yeah so mm, they gave uh I gave Malik Monk a Lou Williams player comparison. Yeah. I think he can be better I'm than that. I'm a bench player. I think he could be better than Lou Williams, honestly. I mean, I, I mean, I say that with a grain of salt because, I mean, Lou Williams has been like an 18-point-per-game guy several seasons, even off the bench. But. Yeah. I, I, I think he has real star potential. Like, this could be a guy that we look at the same way we looked at Curry, like, oh, too small to play the two, not really a point guard. And then he then he gets on the court and he shows everything he can do, and you're like, oh, wow, we should have just shut up about everything we said about him. Right. Because you know that was kind of that was kind of a lot of the knock on on Steph Curry. People didn't know where he fit. They said he was too small to play the two, and he wasn't really a point guard. And now he's like, you know, what like if not the best point guard, one of the top two or three point guards in the league. Yep, they just pretty much said, "Hey, you can shoot, just shoot, and, do and, your thing." And not even just shoot. Like his his ball handling is legit. 
and yeah it's crazy and he's turned into a great passer um he's i think he's been like in the top five in assist last several years but you can't coach you can't coach the way you can't coach curry the way you will coach other players no you have to let him be him and he you know he a lot of Please a hold. lot of chips fill into the place. pick is it this is number 12. detroit with the 12th pick. With the 12th pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Luke Kennard from Duke University. I don't know about you, but at this point, I feel like everyone's just picking the best double player. Or they just they're just blindly throwing darts at the board, honestly. Luke Kennard at 12? I mean, there's some high upside guys still on the board. I mean, like people going for upside. But, I, mean, if I, I don't see how he fits on Detroit, though. I mean, if you're Detroit, like, it's not even like he's a, a, a no-doubt shoeing, like, high-floor guy. Like, this guy might not even be able to get on the court. I mean, have you seen Kyle Singler? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm like, you got another guy like that. You you lose one guy, you get another one. Didn't you know? as didn't Stan Van Gundy learn his lesson last time when he drafted a a Duke shooter with JJ Redick, and he like sat him on the bench his whole first year. Yeah, Singler, Redick, and Nick Stalkers. This is all kind of like in that same vein. If you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I mean, the guy can legitimately, legitimately shoot. Um, and I know, and I, he can do a little more than than just shoot. He can put the ball on the floor a little bit. But you have you have KCP already, who is a gonna be a restricted free agent. Does, are you are you saying like you're just gonna let him? You're gonna let KCP walk because you're not really in love with him for the future or something? No, nah, KCP's coming back. You think KCP's coming back? I don't back? think there's so any. Then, I don't think so there's any. So then where does Kennard get his minutes? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He's a bench guy. He's a bench guy. And he's the kind of guy who I feel needs a good point guard. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be like creating his own shot that much in the NBA. And is your and is your great point guard Reggie Jackson? No. Is your great point guard Ish Smith? No. I mean, it's JJ Reddick serviceable. serviceable, but JJ Reddick took off when he started playing alongside Chris Paul. That's and, true too, and he, yep, that's true. I mean, he he started peaking a bit in Orlando, right before his free agency, um, but you know. Uh, Rayford Austin was there too, you know, when he started putting in some work. Jameer Nelson. That's true. Oh, not not even that, not even so much Jameer Nelson, but Hito Turkoglu was basically their point guard, and he was a really good passer back in the day. That's true. That's true. So, and and of course, then he hit another level on the Clippers with Chris Paul. True. But, true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, we got Denver up. 
Denver. Denver uh, was trying to trade this pick. Do you think they do it? I mean, they were trying to trade this pick and Emmanuel Moutier for Eric Bledsoe. That would be good. I think so for both teams. Yeah, both teams. Both players need a new place. Mm-hmm. And you know, Nuggets are trying to do something. They almost they almost went to the they almost went to the playoffs last year. They were nipping at Portland's heels. So definitely they want to do something this year. They they have they bas- they're basically at a point where they're they're probably saying we have we have enough young guys. Let's let's get guys that can play now, you know. Right. Cuz they got they got Jokic, they got Jamal Murray. They they've got um got a couple other guys that my my, my head the names escape me right now, but they 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 feel like they have pieces that they can push forward with, you know. And so that's why they need some veterans. They need some a veteran presence on that team. Someone with at least a winning mentality. Someone who's been there. Right. Then I guess you got a question: Is Eric Bledsoe that guy? But. You know, he's definitely a step up from Moutier. Oh, so this is interesting. The ra- the ringer is doing live grades of each draft pick based on the player and the fit. Did they give this guy this pick an F? No, they gave this. They gave Luke Kennard a B plus. What? They gave Monk an A plus. They gave Zach Collins a C. Dennis Smith A minus. No, this is the good one here. Lowry Markinen gave him an F plus. Well, hope the pick is in. The pick is in. I missed it. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. That's one of the few guys I wasn't too familiar with. But let me tell you, this is all part of a trade. You think this is part of the trade I was talking about? Denver is going to pick Donovan Mitchell, and Utah oh, will yeah. send Trey Lyles and the number twenty-four. Wow! For Donovan Mitchell, you know what? Trey that's Lyles. A, that's a good. That's a good trade for Denver. That is a very good trade for Denver. That is a good trade. I like that trade. Yo, we've got a lot of deals so far. This is good. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. It just thinks you gotta go up there and take a picture with a hat and no. but I mean have okay. this picture forever and then so good a move, second later right but so good move by <laughs> Nuggets good move by Nuggets but I guess for Utah was that the pick they needed to do well no I don't think so well I guess you know I guess we'll see it like I said Donovan Mitchell not my uh he's one of the guys that i kind of don't have much to say at all about i was looking at a lot of these guys and donovan mitchell is his name just never really popped up to me but do they need another shooting guard well well then again they are they have some brink of hayward and it's not even just hayward like Ingles is a free agent george hill is a free agent um yeah they've they've got some guys that are that are hitting hitting their uh their pay looking at their paydays 
Um, you know, Joe Johnson's not going to be around forever. So Yeah, the backcourt is kind of in shambles a little bit. And he's Exum a, hasn't done anything. And he's all three-point. He's a three-point guy that's Donovan Mitchell. Guy. But he looks like a good athlete, too. So Yeah. It's never a bad idea so, when you get a three yeah. and three, like a good three-point shooter who's also a good athlete. Right. And for Denver, Trey Lyles would be a good player for them. I like him. Yeah, and you know, for Denver, that fits you know that fits their needs. I mean, they they've been looking for a a guy like Lyles, who's a big that could stretch the full floor. You know, they they've had to like try and make it work with like Kenneth Fareed and, and guys like that. And then also, uh, I think I think Gallinari is coming up on free agency, so. Yeah, he opted out. Yeah. So that there you go. Yeah. He's he's a he's basically a decent uh replacement for uh Gallinari. Yeah, it's true. And, so, and Lyles is still on his rookie deal. True. I like how the I like how we talked ourselves into accepting this trade. Yeah. We just had to talk we just had to talk it out, you yeah, know, cuz we thought about it, it at first. It was like, eh, but then the more we talked about it, you know. Yeah, it's true. So, there you go. So, we have some interesting picks. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming up at 14 with Miami. Um, you know, just to let everybody know, we're not going to do the whole first round. Were we gonna stop at fourteen or fifteen? What do you think, Life? I'm sure we gotta go up to fifteen. Fifteen, right? Fifteen is usually like where the lottery ends, right? Yeah, it ends at fifteen. But then it gets a little tough because then you also have after that you have Portland. I want to see what Portland does. Well, no, that's not Portland's pick. And then you have. Exactly. That's Sacramento's exactly. pick now. So now who is Sacramento going to get with that pick? Yeah, I want to see what, who Miami drafts. Chicago. And that's not Chicago's pick. That's Minnesota's pick. Mm-hmm. At 16, right? So, at 16. Oh, um, the kid uh, that just got drafted, Donovan Mitchell Jr., He's the uh-huh. son of the of the New York Mets director of player re- relations. Oh, <laughs> it's a guy of your heart, huh? So now I like Donovan Mitchell a lot. No, let me stop. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> By the way, Calvin is a diehard Mets fan. Yes, for those that don't know, lifelong. The pain is deep, deep in my heart. But <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm enjoying times over here as a Yankees fan. Yes, yes, Leif is a Yankees fan, but I will say not an insufferable one. So I'll give him credit for that. Oh no! Maybe we'll like maybe we get a baseball pod going at some point this summer. Yeah, we could talk a little more about baseball. So well, the pick is in. Let's see. Correct. Waiting for him to come out. Sounds like it's gonna be Justin Jackson. Let's see.
I mean, right now they're saying, let's see, you're saying Jackson? See, I'm not even going to try to mess up and try to pronounce this name. Adebayo? Bam Adebayo? Oh, Adebayo. Yeah, this. They're saying that might be who the pick will be for Miami. That's an interesting guy. He's he's hyper athletic, still kind of raw, I think. Well, they saw what they got with Whiteside, so maybe they feel like they can strike twice. They didn't draft Whiteside though, did they? He was undrafted, I think. But still a raw player. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was a, he was in the D League, and they said, "Oh, let's see what this guy can do." And now look at him. Crazy, he's a max player. <laughs> yeah, from the D League to a max player. Bam Adebayo, another Kentucky guy. All right, the pick is in. Force in the East. Here's Adam Silver. With the 14th pick in the 2017 NBA Draft, the Miami Heat select Bam Adebayo from the University of Kentucky. How old is this dude? It looks like he's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's a different shot of him. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh. Okay, so check this out now, too. The Jazz are exploring trading for Ricky Rubio. I like that. So, Mini is basically trading all their point guards away and looking to perhaps sign a point guard at free agency. That I immediately thought of Kyle Lowry once I read that. Yeah. That would be a good look. Is mm-hmm. you know, I don't see them getting Chris Paul. No, nah, Chris Paul's not going to Utah. But uh you mean Minnesota. Oh Minnesota rather. And, yeah, Chris Paul's not going there. Right. So so I'm thinking Kyle Lowry is must be their their main target you know he's a two-way player who can score you don't have to really run plays for him sounds like the sounds like the type of point guard Thibodeau needs but when you look at the I gotta it kind of scares me because when you look at Thibodeau's record with how he plays guys he kind of runs them through down through the ground and then you look at Kyle Kyle Lowry's uh, injury history last few years that's true. That doesn't really seem like a good fit. And you know, Thibodeau is the kind of guy, like, like you mentioned, they'll be up 20 with three minutes left and stars are still on the court. Exactly. Couldn't stand that. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was difficult to watch back in the day. So that's that'll be... By the way, the bar ball... LeVar Ball is on TV more than most of these other players. Every few seconds, they're like, let's get a LeVar Ball shot. Yeah, I mean, well, ESPN is the one that basically started this whole LeVar Ball star spotlight in the first place. So it makes sense that they're the ones perpetuating it on draft night still. Yeah, this this Adebayo guy is just a beast of an athlete. 
that's gonna be a nice that's gonna be a nice guy to put next to Whiteside. Yeah, and he got Winslow in there too. Mm-hmm. It's like a hopefully he he don't he, he he can't really shoot like that yet, but he's got a lot of Serge Ibaka to him. True. And Serge wasn't a good shooter when he first came out. No, he didn't shoot at first. He was alright. Yeah, he was alright. But yeah. So. Yes. Kentucky guys are getting picked. Yeah, it was three of them went already in the first fifteen picks. Right. So. And it looks like the Kings are going to take Justin Jackson from North Carolina. What do you think about that? I think that's a fine pick. He's got a little size on him, so maybe you can play him at the three. Pretty good spot-up shooter, stretch the floor. Hard worker on defense. He's a role player. He's a role player, though. But he's one of those guys. Since he doesn't need the ball in his hands, it's kind of kind of helps flesh out your roster, you know. Yeah. And uh, is that the kind of guy that Sacramento needs, though? I think so. I think they I think they need guys that just know their role and are gonna fill it too. So who your playmakers gonna be though? Well, your playmakers Fox, your playmakers Buddy Hield. Uh huh. Continue. As your backcourt right there. Uh huh. What else? And probably somebody they they pick up to fill out the bench. So players to be named later. Mm hmm. There you go. Okay, I was curious. Yeah, I, I I think they're probably gonna want to try and make like a a veteran signing or t- or two, maybe even three, for like bench roles, guys that you know know what they're doing, but. You know, you can still run out your young guys and get them their minutes. So, so now it's being reported that the Celtics and Indiana Pacers have stopped trade talks after they started to gain momentum. It's just going to be that yeah. kind of dance, right? Right. Do you do you think? LA is still out of this. I mean, do you think you still can hear something from LA? Well, I like what LA did in that they said, "All right, this is what we're gonna offer you, and that's it." And they really, and they really just left it in Pacers' court to take it or leave it. And I wasn't too, I wasn't too upset with the offer they they made. You know, they're they're two late round picks, they're two late first round picks, and then either. Clarkson or Randall, but not both. I thought that was more than... I thought that was the best... If you're going to offer a trade, I felt like that was probably the best type of trade you could have offered. True. All right. Yeah, so... Wow. So... Uh, so... But I... I my hope is that they don't trade for him and that so that they can keep Randall or Clarkson 
So and then they can have Ingram, Clarkson, Randall, and Paul George. With the 15th pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Justin Jackson from the University of North Carolina. Yeah, and that'll be the Kings pick. Yep. So there you go. Top 15. Well, you know we'll. we'll We'll hang around for for sixteen since you want to see what happens there. Yeah, we'll hang around for sixteen. What do you What do and you think the Lakers should it. do? You think they should make the trade, or they they should just try and wait them wait them out for free agency? Good question. Uh, they have they should wait it out. Uh, yeah, but the, see, the thing is, in picking up Brooke Lopez, I kind of wonder if they're trying to get him now since they got uh, since they got a guy like Brooke Lopez. Nah, I think Brooke Lopez was basically to get the books cleared up for next next all season. Right, because he's gonna be a free agent, and then okay, so if you don't make the move for Paul George, you're playing out this season. Then Brooke Lopez then can even become an ideal like trade piece in February for a team looking for a rental. Right. You know, a playoff team looking for a guy that can that can help them out in the playoffs. You know, but it goes either way. I mean, I feel like that that D'Angelo Russell trade just kind of put a lot of things in motion. Oh yeah. And they don't have their they don't get they don't have their pick at all in twenty eighteen. So there's really nothing to try and like pause and you know, like tank and wait one more year for either. Right. So that's why now it's like if you if you're gonna do something, now's the time to start building towards that. Right. I think now the only thing I have for George only thing for George, I don't know what it's gonna take. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if the Lakers want to want to actually entertain that. Well, I mean, they've already said no to the things that would have got the deal done already. Like Magic is like saying unequivocally no to dealing Ingram or this pick that they just used for Lonzo. Right. And if they had offered those, I think we would have seen Paul George and. In the Laker jersey already. Exactly. So, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's probably not. And, you know, I'm okay with that because I think it's going to... I Really, the only team at this point that could trade for him and maybe convince him to re-sign with them is Boston. And Boston's in this position where Ainge is not trying to give up too much for a guy that could be leaving next July. So True. So they are probably the best team to try and win him over, but at the same time they're the they're like the one team that isn't going to make a move banking on being able to win him over. Right. And so since you're not going to bank on winning him over, what Indy's best chance probably is it right now is to wait until the trade deadline for a team who feels that they're one piece away. And don't care that he's a rental. 
and don't carry the rentals. Like, look, we're right now in win now mode. We we see we think we can win right now. What is it gonna take? We'll give you all this end picks. Just go for it. Because right now we're close to winning. And I think you do that, even maybe pulling the third team, mm-hmm. that gets it done. Right. Okay. Right now, the fact that he's a rental for a year and you and you don't even know what your next year is going to be, especially for the Lakers, you don't even know if you're going to be competitive next season. Right. Because you're hoping is, you are. Because the thing is, you can trade for him this year, and what if he just does not like what he sees and leaves anyway? Exactly. You know, I mean, and you know, Jerry West is on the Clippers now. They've been talking about how they're trying to get. Paul George, like basically the Clippers plan is to get all the guys that say they want to go to the Lakers since they also play in the same arena. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, Paul George wants to play in LA or LeBron wants to go to LA. Well, we play in LA too. Come to us instead. You know, while I have you here, let me ask you that question. You, You touched on it. What do you feel about LeBron possibly wanting to go to the Lakers? You had to ask me that, right? I had to ask you. All right. I'm going to just get it out, say it, full disclosure. I don't want LeBron coming to the Lakers in 2018. I I don't want it. I mean, he's going to be 34 at that point. I don't I don't want all the the stress, all the drama, all of everything that comes with having LeBron on my team at 34 years old. Because it's not like having Kobe at 34, 35 where we already had all of this history with him and he was our player, you know? He's a new guy coming in now. And then you see you see what he's done twice to Cleveland. He gets them way over the luxury tax divulges them of any future assets, and then he leaves. So I don't want LeBron coming to the Lakers and we get a couple of bites at the apple. Maybe we get a championship, maybe we don't, and then we're just devoid of any future once he leaves. But now let me ask you, do you think the whole talk about LeBron leaving Cleveland makes sense? It's making more and more sense by... By the day. Making sense from what perspective? That Cleveland's just messing everything up? Or from what standpoint? Yes. Cleveland is is giving him the easiest out any team could ever give a superstar. Like, they've, they've, they've positioned themselves in such a way that this time around, fans might say, well, you know what? We get it. All right. Thanks for getting us a chip, LeBron. And he at least has that to say now. He's like, I got y'all a chip. You guys are good now, you know? Right. And then this whole mess with Dan Gilbert, letting David Griffin go. Not even letting the, not even just letting David Griffin go, but also letting the president of basketball operations go. And then he, he let them go, like, you know, the same day they were trying to make trades to get Paul George or Jimmy Butler on the team. How did that happen? Like, hey, listen, I don't know if I'm going to be here in a couple hours, but just call back this other dude if you want to make the trade. Right. And to me, that's the problem. To me, 
it feels like Cleveland is becoming dysfunctional. Well, they were always And dysfunctional. Don't get it twisted. They were they always were always dysfunctional. dysfunctional. They were just And fortunate two times in the last 13 years to get LeBron. First when they drafted him and first when he decided to come back. And when he decided to come back, he didn't do that for the owner. That had nothing to do with the owner. No. That had, he did that kind of a, more so for himself, <laughs> the one. But then for his hometown. Because, I mean, he, I mean, as much as he says, oh, you know, I'm from here, I'm not from there, I'm from Akron, not from Cleveland. I mean, he, a place in, he has a place in his heart for those fans. I mean, there's no pro team Now, in Akron. There ain't no pro team in Akron, LeBron. Yeah, but now since he's already delivered and he has given Cleveland their ring, uh -huh. then now it's like, all right, y'all good. Now you want to act up. Now you want to do all this stuff, and you're gonna get rid of you're gonna get rid of Griffin, and you're gonna get rid of this guy and that guy, and you're not willing to make these moves. And now you're bringing in Chauncey Billups. You trying to bring Chauncey Billups in? I'll be kind of frustrated. Like, what are y'all doing? Like, so. Well, that doesn't that Chauncey Billups move kind of seem like LeBron's hand at play there? No, I no? don't think so. You don't think so? No, I I, I don't I, think I so. Think that's, I think that's LeBron's hand at play there. I, really I don't think do. it's LeBron's. Hand. I don't. I I don't think it's LeBron's hand at play. Um, just because I felt what he said, I felt what he said before was genuine about how upset he was that the GM was leaving, and and I don't think he was, you know, talked to about this. Now maybe he mentioned before, oh yeah, you know, Chauncey Billups, you know, he should have a spot here. Because granted, Chauncey Billups is not coming in as a GM. He's coming in as the. He's coming in as the. The president, which is a basketball even more operation, power. something like that. Isn't that even more right? Power? So, I don't that's even more power. And even after he agrees and says, Yes, I'll come in, then he has to select the GM, yeah, because they're basically hiring him for the Magic Johnson role. That's the role Magic Johnson has with the Lakers, right? And which to me is like, Whoa, where did that Lakers. come from? Which is to me is like, Where did that come from? Exactly, he I'm, like he has like. He hasn't even been like an assistant coach or anything anywhere. Right. You have no experience to even be there. You have no credibility. You pick up the phone and you call a team. The team is like, okay, who are you? Well, then they're going to say, who are you? They're going to know he's Chauncey Billups. They're going to know who you are. But, <laughs> you know, but, 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 but from a standpoint, like, you're not going to go there and name your price, name your, your terms. They're not going to listen to you because they're like, okay, all right, thanks, Chauncey. All yeah. right. You know, it could be a little intimidating going there and you're talking to, GMs who've been doing this for a long time, it just doesn't. It just doesn't seem logical, and it seems like it's a team with dysfunction. You you have Kyrie speaking out saying that if if LeBron leaves, he wants to get off the team. You have Love being dangled every offseason. Could yeah. we trade Love? Could we trade Love? After a while, Love has to get tired of hearing. Am I going to get traded? Am I going to, you know, so eventually they're going to trade him. It's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen this offseason, but it's going to happen. So, I mean, what do you do? 
at some point you have to tell yourself like, all right, this is constant chaos around me. In fact, this is the same kind of thing LeBron has been doing to the Eastern Conference with teams after he beats them. They're going into this whole reboot, restructure mode, except now the Cavs are going through it, but it's not even, it's, it's like imploding. They're mm-hmm. like crumbling. And LeBron can walk out next year. And I don't think anyone can be upset because it's like, well, look what he left. He left in shambles. But with, on the same note, I'm going to say this. LeBron needs to stay east. <laughs> don't go west. I know you don't agree with that, but well, don't. I mean, it's better for him to stay east. <clears throat> and you're right. I mean, there's a situation happening in Cleveland right now where if he was to leave, you know, most people couldn't blame him. But I, but I also feel like he may be helping create that scenario for himself because I don't, you know. LeBron's a smart guy. He knows how to make things happen. He's he's fully aware of what happened the last time he left Cleveland, and he he and if he wants to leave, he doesn't want the same thing. Especially when he's going to be later on in his career and won't have the same amount of time to make his image back over like he did this time around. Right. I mean, true. He's going to make sure he I, has. It's, I don't know. I feel like a lot better. of this, you know. David Griffin, he probably didn't want David Griffin to come back. And that was probably Dan Gilbert being Dan Gilbert. But all of the moves this team has made, like all of the first-round picks they've traded, all of the young assets they've traded, those were LeBron-appeasing moves. True. So he's created a scenario where this team doesn't have any future because he wants the guys that he wants so that he can go to war with now. And you know what? It's kind of hard to complain about it when you when he took your team to the finals three years in a row and he's got a championship out of it. But at the same time, he's going to leave this team, and this team is going to be in as bad shape or if not worse shape than it was the last time he left. Yeah, he's not leaving this team in good shape. You ain't got to worry about that. And, you know, I, I really don't want to see them getting – the first round pick the next three out of four years again, the, the next time LeBron <laughs> jumps ship. <laughs> and that's why Cleveland is probably holding on to his pick because they know it's going to happen. You know, oh man, but that that is a lot of this is a lot of this stuff is interesting. Love is kind of like on the way out a bit, you know, it's kind of hard to see how long, how much long he can stay there on the team, especially now, especially when everyone's pretty much like pointing to him as like the move they need to, the person they need to swap out to get better. And I mean, they've been doing that since he got there. It kind of died down last year when they won. But now that, now that like everything went business as usual, it's back to business as usual of Kevin Love being the guy that needs to get traded. Exactly. He's the problem. Yeah, and I would just, 
if I was him, I'd want out too at this point because it's it's ruining his career in a lot of ways. It is. I mean, the ring doesn't hurt his career. That's that's good to have, but you know, it's to a point like people people have forgotten how good he actually is, and he's going to just get relegated to this like third banana who wasn't really even a third banana when you look back at his time there in Cleveland. And he, he he's still a guy that could be a premier talent, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh he can definitely be a premier talent. Oh, we, get, we haven't even been talking about these draft picks. We get some shakeups in here. DJ Wilson went to the Bucks at 17. That's very interesting. He was linked to the Nets at 22, and then the Lakers with their two first-round picks. And he went all the way up to 17. And he's a he's like a stretch four that's a good shot blocker, which is, you know, obviously what Milwaukee needs because they don't have that already. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so yeah, six ten more, and a half. <laughs> more length. Right? Yeah. Yo, Woj is the man. I mean, somehow he must be on the phone. He must be wiretapping people. He knows what everyone's gonna pick. Like three picks in advance. <laughs> yeah, for real. This is, I mean, this is in good stuff, man. Um, yeah. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, yeah, we should. I, I think next week we can focus in more on the whole draft in total and all these trades. Find out what other trades have happened. You know, the rest of the night, maybe going into tomorrow and the weekend. And uh, and yeah, man, this was great. This was fun. This was our first real time podcast. We were talking about stuff as it happened. You know, maybe next t- next go around we'll try and we'll try and do this live, like a Facebook live or or something like that. And but it, this was fun, man. And you know, and the off season is here. We got a lot of topics to talk about, but we're gonna have to wait till all, some of this uh, silly season dies down before we get into those things. And we, because I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of free agent signings and trades to talk about in the in in the next few weeks. So you know. Uh, until then, you know, until next week, man, thanks for talking with me, Leif. Likewise. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks for catching us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the sideline reporter. Uh, you know, we're going to be posting more and more stuff there. And uh, check us out on Twitter as well, at DSL Reporter. Let us know what your thoughts are on the draft, any any draft picks you thought were a reach, any guys you thought fell too far, do you like the picks that your team made? Hit us up with all of that, either on Facebook or Twitter or both, and uh, and we'll try we'll, we'll try and get a convo going. Maybe we can get a nice weekend convo going about the draft and everybody's team and if they like their picks. Yeah, so definitely hit us up. Let us know. Keep us engaged. All right, man. Leif. Good talking to you as always. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Good night, everybody.